so high right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama! Oh my mama made it, ma! Anything's possible! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. Ooh. This is the truth like 34. Yeah. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine, whatever it is that you're doing right now at this moment, listening to the show as part of a podcast, watching it on YouTube. Thank you for participating. I'm John Corrales. I'm here in my home studio, changing changing the looks. Today I'm back, back at my home base. Uh, so uh, for those of you who are commenting on microphone and background and stuff like that, there's a little evolution going on here where I'll be podcasting from two separate spaces. And so uh, two different mics, I'm trying to get the handle on those. So I apologize for the different sounding podcasts. It's a work in progress, but hopefully still acceptable to everybody. Today, much more on the Celtics plan. We're going to dive a little deeper into what is really happening here. Uh, And I'm going to bring in Keith Smith, one of the masters of the salary cap, to get us Deep, deep, deep into the weeds. What's really going on with the Boston Celtics plan? Uh, this show is brought to you by Rock Auto. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Now let's bring in my friend, Keith Smith. Uh, we're at 10 different places. You're at SpotTrack, <laughs> Celtics blog, uh, everything. If you need to know anything about the salary cap, Keith has got you covered. Keith, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Which any other places I need to name that that? Uh, Let's see. So you got Spa Track, you got Celtics Blog. Those, those are the two big ones. Uh, front Office Show. Uh, that that's our uh, YouTube channel and podcast that Trevor Lane and I do. We we talk every transaction. So if you love the roster building transaction stuff, we we dive deep into it. We're going to do a whole show on two way guys uh, after those are all. Oh. So yeah, that's how deep we go on Front Office Show. So if you're super into that stuff, we're 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 over there. We've been. Uh, doing live shows during free agency and the like, but yeah. And then uh Spotify green room as well. Right. I hang out there a few times a week. You do do a lot of Spotify green room. So you can follow Keith on Twitter to, to get, uh, to get all of those notifications. And yeah, this is what I love about podcasts. It's the ability to go deep into it and know that people are, who are watching are, are into that kind of thing. This Absolutely. is like sports talk radio where you got to stay at the, the, the very <laughs> surface level did Marcus Smart piss off his teammates? <laughs> I love it. All right, so let's let's start with this with your reactions to what the Celtics have been doing here. It's it's very obvious they they pulled out a couple of trades at first. They were very active in the trade market before the calendar year flipped, and then once free agency you know started, Brad Stevens packed up his bag, went back into his office, you know, propped up his feet, put his hat down, and took a nap. Yeah, maybe. I did. It could be. Well, what he did, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it's funny because I, I did 
it, you know how it goes. People will scream and yell, and it, it was it was funny. I said to the Celtics blog team, I said, "What's our over under on our first uh, you know rush of messages of what is Brad going to do anything? Like what time on on uh, Monday when free agency opened?" And I said, "It's like six twenty. Yeah. And I started getting them at like ten past six. <laughs> is Brad doing anything? You know, what's even want- happening? Right. <laughs> But what I think gets forgotten in that, and I, I finally stopped going back at people about it because just nobody wants to hear it, is they had already done a lot mm-hmm. kind of leading up to that Dow Horford Kemba Walker, Walker trade was a big one. The Josh Richardson trade that that happened. The I almost said the Tristan Thompson trade happened. Who the hell knows what's happening with that one anymore? We'll find out eventually, I assume. Uh, we assume that's still going on. But, but they'd already done some stuff. And then today, finally, they they, they threw their hat in the free agent ring uh, yeah. and <laughs> got everybody all fired up and excited. Ennis Cantor coming coming home. Skylar Gray, cue it up. Yeah, so here, here we are, right? It's uh, it, underwhelming, I guess. Is that is that a, a, a yes. kind way to say it? The funny thing is that they got rid of Ennis Cantor, they signed Tristan Thompson, and we watched Tristan Thompson play basketball, and we said, well, if this is what we're going to get with Tristan Thompson, you might as well have kept <laughs> Ennis Cantor. And Brad said, okay, no problem. Yep. <laughs> and we're like, no, we didn't mean it literally, but yep. Cantor is back. Chris Forsberg gets to do the Ennis Cantor podcast. There it is. One of my my things with Ennis Cantor was I said at, at least when there's the uh, volleyball period where it's you know four offensive rebounds in a, in a row you know the fourth one's probably getting put back in the basket instead yeah. of wildly flung at the rim and not not scored on so there's that you know I mean it, it's I, in general and so I could talk let's talk about that one for a minute just because I have a couple thoughts on it very quickly is ideally he's this team's third big man right behind Al Horford, behind Robert Williams, because, and that's not bad. It's not a bad role for Cantor. He's somebody Ime Udoka can go to, like Brad Stevens did, when the offense is really scuffling, you can run a post up for him, get him the ball, probably get a bucket, or he's going to get fouled or something like that. Horford is going to play in, what, 60 to 65 games, probably at the most. That's probably on the high side for him. And then Robert Williams, I think we'd all be thrilled if he made it to 60 or 65 games at this point. So you need a reliable third big. I bet on nights when Horford and Williams are both available, we don't see Cantor very much at all, sure. if if at all. It'll probably just be on those nights when they need him. And in in by all accounts, I know there's been some reporting to the contrary. By all accounts, this is going to be for the minimum. It sounds like yes. they're, they're they're not giving him anything more than the minimum. Uh, and this is just interesting because a couple people are asking you, what's the difference if he's getting 2.7? The, the difference is he actually gets 2.7, but his cap and tax it for the Celtics is only 1.7. And then the other thing, nice for Celtics ownership, which I have a feeling we're going to get into tonight a little bit here because I I had things to say, uh, is they don't pay the difference either. The NBA actually pays the difference. Right. The NBA reimburses those minimum salaries. So so really the Celtics, they're on the hook for $1.7 If it really works out awful and they decide this isn't, they just they'll they'll just move along and, and do what they have to do to 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 move along from it. My guess is though it'll it'll be fine because if nothing else, you've now without Horford and Ennis Cantor, you've brought back two guys that were pretty universally liked in the locker room that everybody got along with. Uh, you know, so I, I I think it's I think it's perfectly fine. I, I was when we saw a little bit this might be coming out of the MLE, I was like, 
wait a minute, let me make a, a couple, send off a couple texts and try to check myself because yeah. that doesn't feel very good. And and pretty quickly it was, no, it's going to be for the minimum. So so I, I, I think it's fine for the Celtics. It's fine. That's that's what yeah. it is. Fine. Like, the, the, let's look at it realistically here. He's here for the year. It's a year that I don't want to say doesn't matter because let's also look at it this way. Jason Tatum, All-NBA potential. And if he's a first-team All-NBA, that means he's an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, All-Star last year. Can he take a step forward? Can, it be, can he be more of a lock All-Star than a borderline All-Star? But that right there makes you a good team. Those two yeah. guys make you a good team. They will win you games. You throw in Marcus Smart. Let's just say Marcus Smart right now has his head on straight. He's good. He understands what's going on here, but he's going to play his ass off. Uh, he's still obviously a good player. Uh, Robert Williams, healthy. That's good. Uh, however you fill that fifth starter spot, somehow, maybe it is Josh Richardson. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Uh, Neesmith. Langford, potentially, if they take steps forward, very, very useful. You, uh, you've got backups in Peyton Pritchard, who's proven that he can do something. If Chris Dunn can be productive, if he sticks around, not too bad. Al Horford off the bench can be pretty good in limited minutes, uh, you know, 20 minutes a game, 25 minutes a game. That's that's not a bad team. Now, it's mm-hmm. not the greatest team, but – Hey, maybe with some motivation, maybe with the world doesn't believe in us behind us, maybe with a bunch of guys who are, we have to remember this, Ime Odoka, it's his first head coaching job. These guys are going to play hard for him. These mm-hmm. guys, and especially led by Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, let's say what for what it is. This is a black head coach getting his first head coaching gig. Those two guys, with all of the stuff that they've said about social injustice, they are not going to be the reason why this first-time blackhead coach does not get uh, su- success, does not see success. They're going to play especially hard for him. They're going to rally the troops for him, and that could be something that carries the Celtics to an above-expectations finish. So there's a lot here that's, that's not horrible, but we right now in the midst of – free agency and this guy going that way and this guy going that way, we're sitting here going like, the Celtics aren't doing anything. Oh, my God, they're going to suck. That's not really the case. They're not going to suck. They're just going to be a middle-of-the-road team. Yeah, I I agree. This is a team that, again, is probably somewhere between, if everything goes right, fourth in the conference. And if if everything goes wrong and there's injuries and all that, of course, they could really fall out. But if not, yeah. But if, you know, just assume, you know, pretty good health, better health than last season, hopefully, uh, they're somewhere between fourth and eighth in the conference is my guess. And that's, you know, a playoff team. Maybe they have to go through the play-in again. And, yeah, they're not the Nets. They're not the Bucks. They're probably not the Heat. I'm not fully sold on the Heat just yet. But I think everybody else there – roughly on that level with, with I, I don't see your know, reasons why I get it. 
they they didn't add stuff. They lost some guys. I and I totally understand, but I think you know rebalancing the roles, putting the right guys. They both Brad and Eme both said repeatedly it's about getting the right kind of guys around Tatum and Brown. Mm-hmm. And if they feel like that's what they've done, then then off off we go. You know, it, I, I said this. I, I think it was on a radio appearance. It's all starting to run together in the last <laughs> few days, but. It would not shock me if Jason Tatum pushed the heck out of 30 points per game and Jalen Brown was not far behind at, you know, 25 or so, 26 points per game. That that wouldn't surprise me in the least. And I think those are – in some people will say, you know, well, that's empty. I don't think so. I think those are, you know, good because they're going to be efficiently good to get to those levels. I, I think Marcus is fine in the role. I think Marcus is at his best if you say – Go be the point guard. Go be the distributor. I think it's when he he's oh, I'm going to be the second guy. You know, I'm going to be the off ball guy, yeah. and the first pass comes my way. And it's he's not. It's funny because people are like, yeah, now he's the point guard, so he'll dribble up and launch with 22 seconds on the shot clock versus 20 off the first pass. He's not going to do that. And, and honestly, I don't think Ime Udoka is going to put up with it either. Or yank him out. He'll be on the bench. He'll be Peyton Pritchard and uh, maybe uh, Yam Madar will be out there running around, running some point, you know. So yeah, but it's I, I'm not doom and gloom on the team as it's constructed right now. Yeah, I'm not super excited. I said fourth to eighth. I mean, that's not you know where we're certainly not uh, queuing the duck boats up here. But right. I, I don't, I, I'm not there. But what I am down on is I think some of the messages that are coming out because I just feel like it's, it's very mixed, and that, that's the part that, that I'm very confused on. Um, I think financially they have the ability to do more than, than they have. Uh, this off season, not not by a ton, and I I don't know how much detail you want on that, but I can get into it uh, there. But yeah, I, that I, I get it. I understand the frustration from people, but let's not go too far and start talking like this is one of the worst teams in the league because they're not. Right, we're going to treat it appropriately. We're going to talk about some of those the, the numbers here because what the owners owners are re- really willing to spend is at the heart of this. When they're willing to spend it is at the heart of this. Why the Celtics are doing what they do. We're going to come back with Keith in just a moment to talk about that. After I tell you about rockauto.com, Rock Auto is going to have everything you want for your car or truck. Don't bother going to one of those chain stores at the strip mall because you see how small those chain, chain stores are. There's no possible way that they can carry everything that you need for every car that's out there. So go to rockauto.com. Just enter the information that you'd be giving to that clerk directly into the rockauto.com database. You can do it through your phone. You can do it through your desktop or laptop. And you're going to end up saving somewhere between 30 to 50 to 100% on most of these things when you compare them to the parts, the same parts at a chain store or a dealership. You know, I talked to my my uh, co-host on the Lockdown NBA, Jake Madison. He likes to fix up cars. He saves hundreds of dollars on his parts by going to rockauto.com. So if, if Lockdown hosts who are telling you about this are using it, then you know that it's it's legit and you can get anything you want. Complicated stuff for your engine, simple things like wipers and floor mats, which is where I come in because I don't know nothing about fixing a car, but I do know about saving money and whatever I need for my car is going to go through rockauto.com. You should do it too. And when you do, I'm pretty sure you're going to buy something when you do that. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? That's the only way they know we sent you, and we really appreciate you letting you letting them know that we did. So, right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at RockAuto.com. 
Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Let's continue this conversation, bring Keith Smith back into the mix as we get into the numbers. The, the Celtics, Keith, are very obviously, they're, they're going for max cap space in 22. I think it's very obvious that Bradley Beal is the target. He's really the only big name. There are a lot of names out there that are going to be free agents. You, you know the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you look at that list, I think a bunch of them will be signing extensions soon or somehow re-upping after their contract. Maybe there's a couple of guys that need to become free agents so they can re-up. But it looks like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Bradley Beal's at the top of this list. So if he's not the target, he's the top target. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm trying to be very, very cautious in the way I approach talking about Bradley Beal because I do not want it to turn into Bradley Beal or bust because we still have no indication to believe Bradley Beal wants to leave the Washington Wizards. If anything, we have that he doesn't. Their GM said at the start of this offseason, he talked to Bradley Beal and Bradley Beal does not want to trade. Now, people are you know, people instantly put together him and Jason Tatum are best buddies. They they've openly talked about that. They would like to play together at some point. I specifically asked Jason Tatum in an exclusive interview, would you like to play with Bradley Beal someday? And he said, yes. And I jokingly said on an expansion team in St. Louis and Jason Tatum laughed and said, that would be cool. But I don't think Celtics fans would like that very much. So, you know, so which I mean, he was having fun with it. It was it was meant to be a lighthearted conversation. But it, but 100 percent, if there's ever an expansion team in St. Louis, those two dudes are both He's gone. for it. He's <laughs> both gone. of them. Yep, oh, yeah. It's not even going to be close. They love their home yeah, city. They, if, uh, the second they announce it, those guys will take off. <laughs> that's it. It's yep. St. Louis. <laughs> Yeah, if you could arrange a, a multi uh, intersport trade and trade them to the Cardinals, they might be off. <laughs> they might do the it. Cardinals, they love home so much. But you know, and I don't blame them, right? I mean, it's it's one of those places that you know people love. But it's so to go back to it. Yes, Bradley Beal's at the top top of that list. There's no team in St. Louis, so might as well let's try to get him to Boston to play with JT. They are buddies. The Celtics are looking like they're going to put themselves in a position to, to make a run, you know, at, at least. The, they, so I just pulled it up. Um, pending what else they do right now, and it doesn't look like it's going to be much that adds uh, long-term money on, they're going to be at about, let's call it 90-ish million um, on the cap going into next year. So what like I always cap, say – cap is 112 uh no so the cap is 112 this, this past season it's 150 I'm I'm sorry I apologize it's 112 this season yeah it was supposed to be 115 it looks like it's going to be 119 so it came in it came in a little higher with the projection now that's the projection from the NBA okay. so we'll see if they they, they dial next that back year, or not but next year's when the Celtics are projecting now to to pull I just want to make sure I get the numbers right yeah that after this season, next the summer of twenty two, that's that salary cap for twenty two twenty three, that's projected to be one nineteen now. Yeah, right now. Yeah, that, that's the projection. So, so we'll see. You know where where, where that that one comes in. Yeah, that does help absolutely. Now, what it doesn't help is, uh, Brad. You know, whatever that percentage raise is, Bradley Beal's max raises by the same amount. 
But what that does is, let's say it's 119. Celtics are going to be at about, like I said, 90-ish million. And that's kind of clearing the decks of a lot of stuff. And we'll get into why it's it's almost impossible for them to clear the decks of Romeo Langford, Aaron Neesmith, Peyton Pritchard, Grant Williams, their team options. We can talk about that in just a minute because I think that relates to the overall picture. But so let's say they're in the range of 29 to 30 million in cap space. And that's clearly moving on from Al Horford if you know they want to for his you know minimal guarantee. Cause I'm fairly certain they're not winning the championship this year to lock it in uh, to the whole amount, but may- mm-hmm. maybe. Um, you know, and if they do, then everyone will be thrilled and no one will care. You're factoring the 14.5. Yep. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, so what they've got is about 75 million in salaries. Then the 14.5 for Horford, there's a, a little bit, about 93,000 left for Demetrius Jackson, because that's that's just still I hanging out there. I love that Demetrius Jackson is <laughs> Right. We love it until it's like you're $93,000 short of a max contract for Bradley Beal. Then then we (laughs) hate it. Um, But that's kind of my point is you're within range. Now, Bradley Beal's max on that year projects to be about 40 million. I want to say, let let me make sure I get the number right. Cause I, I don't want to say something wrong uh, for, for the folks here. Yeah. Cause it'll be a 10 years of service guide this coming season. So 40 million, a little over 40 million, maybe 40 40, 40 million. Yeah. In that range. Okay. What that does though, you're now in range to, to get there. You could stretch Al Horford's 14 million over three years if you wanted to. That'll free up a little bit more. That frees up about 10 million more. And then you could salary dump one of the guys, you know, Langford, Neesmith, Pritchard. Now, what you're left with is Tatum, Brown, and let's just keep using Bradley Beal as the example, but Max Free Agent X. That's all you got. You don't have a whole heck of a lot else left. Now, the Lakers just showed you can still build a roster. You can go sure. fill it out, you know, and Angeles. You know, yeah, if you're in Los Angeles, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Now, one of the things I always say with with those situations is when the money is the same, just about everywhere on minimum contracts. There's four bo- four boxes you got to check. Do I have a real role? Am I going to play real minutes? Is it a great place to live? And am I going to contend for a championship? Mm-hmm. L.A. clearly this offseason checks all four of those boxes. I have a real role. I'm going to play real minutes. It's a great place to live, and I'm going to contend for a title. The Celtics, I like Boston, so I have a hard time with the whole people don't want to live here stuff, but it's real in the NBA. Not everybody wants to live there for no other reason. Sometimes you don't see the sun for, you know, the entirety of the NBA season. (laughs) So I, I I love Boston. I'm from New England. I get it. There's a reason why we're a tough group up here, and it's exactly what you said. When you spend four or five months out of the year with the sun going down at 4.30 p.m., you get a little grizzled, you get a little angry, you're sitting in that traffic. And while we all love it here, it's not the best place to live. <laughs> yeah. It's you also know? extremely expensive. It's, you know, you're, you're well, paying a lot I, I of taxes. So. It's a little yeah. tougher. It's a little yeah. tougher. But, but hey, mansions have heat. <laughs> that's it right those luxury cars have heat <laughs> that's it yeah you're you're, you're not hey it's it's not like uh Ime and brad are gonna say hey no we're practicing outside today you're gonna shovel right. the court right like, not gonna, <laughs> that's not coming right you're not getting an apartment <laughs> on like boylston street yeah you know you're clearing out 10 acres 10 acres of, of space yeah but exactly uh, anyways, so 
right. So they won't be left with a lot. They'd have a ton of roster spots to fill out and go, go figure it out. But is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. I am not going to be the guy who tells you, no, can't get there. No way. Cause they could even get to the point where it's really just, I mean, you could salary dump Horford somewhere. I mean, we just saw that, you know, if you're, if it was, we know we have a free agent coming, then you could salary dump the whole thing and get rid of it, you know, in a way. So they, basically the the kind of end point here is they can get to max cap space, but you're kind of left with Tatum Brown, Max Free Agent X, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, whoever you want to dream about, and that's kind of it. Are, are these calculations taking into account renouncing smart? Are you yes. renouncing smart in this? Are you renouncing Robert Williams in this? Yep, everybody. Yeah, because you, you can't create the space any other way. That's okay. the challenge. You go max cap space, basically everybody's got to go. If they dump uh, Horford, let's say they they trade Horford. I saw somebody mention this. I think Ryan Bernadoni mentioned this. Uh, you you go to Toronto, depending on what Goran Dragic's role is. If he's not really getting any run, do you call him up? Say, hey, let's let's make this swap, uh, and you bring in Dragic, and and then he renounce him, and you clear up that extra fourteen and a half million, whatever. Can you keep one of Robert Williams or Marcus Smart while creating this max cap space. Yeah, you're within range at that point of being able to do that. Then you're you're probably talking about you got to dump one of the rookie scale guys too. But you know that's not that's not going to hold you up from from doing this right. if you want to no. do that. Those those guys can be moved along from fairly easily. So yeah, you you can get to within range to keep something like Smart or Williams at. 12 to 15 million in that range. And then, um, you know, that or smarts cap hold or whatever it is. Yeah. You can, you can get there. It's, 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 it's tight. You're going to have to do some cap gymnastics. You're going to have to make it happen, but, but that path is open to them. Right. Here's my issue though. Can, 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 can I rant just for a quick second? How about this? Go ahead. <laughs> How about, Cause I like this. That's a tease. You're going to rant. Uh, would, yeah. What do you want to rant about? We want to rant about the mixed messages from the ownership that seems to be we're not spending money now because we're going to spend a whole heck of a lot of money in 2022. There's there's a disconnect. Oh, I like it. That rant is coming up after I tell you about Bet Online. Oh, I'm betting on a good rant here from from Keith. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Head on over to Bet Online. Whatever you want. Olympics, sure. International sports, sure. WNBA. Sure, it's all there, whatever you want to bet on. So sign up, use your laptop, use your mobile device, create your profile, username, password, all that stuff, and then use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So go sign up, make your first deposit. Is it 200 bucks? $100 welcome bonus on top of that with the promo code Locked On. I like picking those nice round numbers because it's easy for me to do the math. I know what half of 200 is. Go sign up, use that promo code locked on, and you're going to get that 50% welcome bonus. Get into the game. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Okay, we were promised a rant. When you click this button, bring Keith back in, and just, Keith, the floor is yours. 
All right. I'll, and I'm not going to be able to summon the passion I had for this the other day because I, I don't have it in me. I'm, I'm, I'm a little beat down and tired right now, but I'm, I'm going to go. So there's reporting out there and we, we, we in the Boston media, you could tell me if you disagree with me or not. We know the people who get the really good stuff from the team and kind of the messaging. That, that comes out, right? We know who to trust with it, uh, who to kind of, yeah, I don't know on that one. Um, there's credible reporting out there that I very much believe that the message the Celtics are spinning right now, and I don't know that it's coming from Brad or from ownership or from Danny Ainge is still floating around somehow in this advisory role or whatever it is, that we don't want to go into the tax this year because we're going to spend a lot of money and be flexible next year. We, we want flexibility in the next year. Now, here's my problem with this is and by no means am I saying they should have re-signed Evan Fournier for almost $20 million a year for multiple years. That's not what I'm saying. The message, the way it's being spun is we can't spend into the tax this year because we may have to be a tax team next year and the year beyond. It is almost impossible to be a tax team to be a cap space team and a tax team in the same offseason. The only way you do that is if you have teeny tiny cap holds, like what the Miami Heat did with Duncan Robinson, whereas cap hold is $5 million or less, and you're re-signing the player to $15 million or more because then your salary obligation jumps massively. In the Celtics case, we just ran through the numbers. You're barely getting to enough cap space to bring in a max free agent. That is only the cap. So you're there now. Now you get to the cap. If you then re-signed Marcus Smart, unless you lost your ever-loving mind and gave him a max too, you're not going to get to to be a tax team because you'll have cap space, the room exception, and then if you can keep one cap hold, you'll be there. Now, you'll be an expensive team. You'll be right. You'll be above the cap, but you're going to be above the cap anyway. That's the reality of the NBA. Everybody operates almost each year somewhere between you know five and six million above the cap. They're, they're not, not everybody goes into the tax. So I would get it if the 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 spin was we paid the tax last year. We're going to have to pay it in the future. We don't want to be there because I get it. There's a repeater tax and all these other things. But what they're missing out on today is and now I'm kind of the point where just forget it because I don't know what the point would be. There's maybe a couple free agents left spending the even the taxpayer mid-level amount of money on and that would push them into the tax and not even that much in. You're talking maybe $5 million into the tax if you went and spent that is you missed out on helpful players. We saw guys come off the board. Now they were in the mix on guys like Patty Mills. I believe that reporting to be true that they, they, they were at least trying to get him in that. And maybe, maybe it was, we can get the right guy. We'll do it. And we'll do these things. But to me, it seems like they're nickel and diming right now. They're, they're trying to do everything they can to avoid going into the tax, but spinning it as, because we might pay the tax next season. It's not going to happen barring some really unexpected trades and those kind of things. We just covered off why they're setting up to have the run. Now, I fully agree with keep that max flexibility open to get to max cap space. I think Fournier got too much money. for It was too rich for the Celtics to, to match that mm-hmm. deal and to try to bring him back because it was going to mess you up in years two, three, four. It sounds like it's a team option, but years two and three at least of that deal. So I fully get that. I would not go there. But if you could today 
if you could go sign Kelly Oubre Jr. for $5.9 million of the taxpayer mid-level to a one-year deal, yeah, it might push you into the tax, but go do it. Go get it done. And the right. other thing is, if you're a tax team on August 4th or August 5th or August 10th, it doesn't matter. The ta- You have all the way till the trade deadline to get out of the tax. So if at that point, if you're $4 million into the tax and you're like, you know what, Romeo Langford is just not getting it done. Grant Williams not getting it done. You dump them into OKC and say, here's a second round pick. Take a flyer on this young guy. You've now avoided the tax and off you go and everybody's happy. You don't have just because you're a tax team at the start of the season. It's all the way up to the trade deadline, which is your last real opportunity to move out salary. That's when you can get yourself back under the tax. My problem is we have been told for a decade or more, we will pay the tax for a contender. I bought it. I believed it. I was 100% in on it. They made one run at doing that when it was Hayward, Kyrie, Horford, bringing back guys, you know, let's make a run at this. I made one run at looking like they were going to be a really expensive team. It went sideways for any number of reasons, right? Hayward's, you know, leg went sideways in the opening minutes of his first, you know, appearance with the team. Kyrie stuff happened. I think since that moment, Ownership has now run scared and said, no, last year they dumped Daniel Tice only because we're too expensive. We don't want to be a tax team. A productive player, your starting center for your entire your run, just dumped for, for nothing. You know, I mean, no offense to Mo Wagner and Luke Cornett, but those, you know, Luke Cornett was only playing minutes in the playoffs because they had nothing left because, you know, everybody was hurt. So you, you moved on from Daniel Tice just to go cheap. So every message that has been sent really since the Garnett and Pierce trade was we went for it once. It didn't work out. Now it's let's avoid the tax. Let's avoid the tax. Let's avoid the tax. My issue with this is, especially this year, all we're saving is ownership some money. Who cares? I don't care if rich guys save some money. Make the team better. I have no interest in that. If the answer was, then we're going to be a repeater team in the next couple years, and that's going to be a mess for us, and, and we'll end up losing a productive player. In order to go this max cap space route anyway, you're going to lose those productive guys as it is. Nobody out of the Pritchard, Neesmith, Langford, Grant Williams, Bucket projects to be somebody you're going to re-sign to you know, $20 million a year right now. Let's hope one of them gets there. That's a great problem to have to deal with three years from now. Figure that out. So my issue is you paid $360 million for this team 19 years ago. Mm -hmm. This team is now worth $3.2 billion. That is almost nine times value to what you paid for it then. If you can't go two or $3 million into the tax, sell the team, get, go away. Sell the team. Let somebody come in who's willing to pay this money and go, I realize it's very easy for me to say sitting in Orlando, Florida, without a dime invested. <laughs> None of that money's coming out of Keith Smith's right. checking account. But that's what's happening right now, and that's my struggle with where the team is at is the, you're sending this mixed message of we want to spend a lot of money next summer. Yes, it's a lot of money, but it's not like you're going into the tax next summer. You're probably not even going in the summer after the way things are shaping up. So we got to knock it off and just, you know, taking all this stuff at its at face value of, well, they're going to spend next year, not into the tax. They're not, they're going to do exactly what they would have done anyway. Hopefully it's on, you know, one 
you know, star player and it comes in and, and we're, we're building our own big three and off we go. But if not, you know, that, that's the tough thing. You know, I'll step down off my soapbox. I'll let you have your show back. That's, (laughs) that's That's my frustration point is those are mixed messages that don't connect. Those messages don't match up for me. Well, first of all, I give you a round. <laughs> that was very good. That was very good. So, look at now. Let's let's really drill this down here because those are excellent points here. The Celtics got themselves out of the tax last year, and that was they they had to reset the repeater clock. That was yep. that was the the message because they paid the tax ever so slightly a couple of years ago, and then they thought maybe they'd be a tax team this year, so they got out of the tax last year. The clock restarts now. What is it? It's four. Four out of five seasons to be a repeat. Three out of four. Three out of four. Three, Three out, of four. out of four, but it doesn't kick in until the next year after. So, so there's a delay. Four, and then it's that fifth year that the repeat. Correct. Exactly. Okay. So it doesn't matter if they pay the tax this year and not next year or not this year and pay it next year. It's, it's three out of four. So Correct. if they pay it in one of these two years, it doesn't matter if it's this year or next. So if there, if, if the messaging is, well, we might pay it next year, so we don't want to pay it this year, then that is crap. Because like you said, it's going to be almost impossible for them to get to the tax next year. Um, and so if that's the case, then, then we start to have a real problem with how this is going this year because of the stuff that I said in yesterday's podcast, you got to be careful about what you're doing with Tatum and Brown in this interim. I understand that things change and Brad Stevens can bring Tatum and Brown in there and say, look, we, we wanted to do certain things, the Hayward injury and the trickle down and blah, blah, blah. Things have changed. We're going to have to go through a one year, one year here. That's less than ideal. I need you guys on board with me, which I, as I said before, they have multiple reasons to be fully on board. Agreed. Fine. However, they know what's going on. Their agents know what's going on. And if you're sitting there with a an exception, 5.9, or hell, at this point, is there is the hard cap even going to be a problem? Um, I, I, I understand, like, hey, maybe you need to keep yeah. the hard cap off because what if you need to trade for Bradley Beal and, and you, you don't want to handcuff yourself? Yeah. But even so, they they have some money to spend. They have Tatum and Brown. They understand, like, okay, like, even if Josh Richardson is good, he's not sticking around. They're going to have to let him go. Like, none of these guys who, whose contracts are expiring are projected to stick around unless they can work some cap gymnastics. And really, honestly, I'm hoping that they do that just for Robert Williams. I think he's the best chance because his cap hold is going to be smaller. So yeah. that's their best chance at it, I think. But anyway, I digress. Well, and let, let me hit one thing real quick there, too. Your, your ideal would be Richardson rebuilds his value some, and maybe you could convince Washington to, to do a deal for Beal. I'm just going to keep using Beal as the example because let's, yeah, let's face that's it, that's a guy everybody wants anyway. Right. You do it as, hey, can we do this as a sign-and-trade? And we're going to send you Josh Richardson and 
Romeo Langford and you know, we're just going to stack up money till we get there and picks and whatever it need to be. And that, that's how we, we build this out. Cause that option does exist as well. And in that scenario, then if you stay as an over the cap team, let's say then you keep Al Horford around. Yes, you could end up paying the tax then next year. That just seems unlikely to be the path that it goes. Cause the reality is none of those guys really have the value Washington's going to be looking for uh, out of Bradley Beal. That would have to be Bradley Beal pulling in Anthony Davis and saying, I'm going to Boston. Does not matter. Get what you can for me. You know, whether that be today or a year from now in free agency, that's the only way that that's going to be the scenario that plays out. Otherwise it's going to be, you know, Hey, we're, we're putting ourselves in the mix for, for this guy. So, sorry. Right. I just wanted to say that that scenario does exist. It's just extremely unlikely. Sure. Okay. But look at whatever. One of these ways, the Celtics are going to end up paying the tax now, uh, or, or the, trying to avoid the tax is what I'm Yes. Saying. So there's, there's a couple of things here. There's a couple of points I want to make. I got to keep them straight in my tiny little head. <laughs> One is today where you've got to make sure that Tatum and Brown at least have some help that you're not overtaxing them, that you're giving them, say, look, guys, we understand most of these guys are not going to be your teammates next year. Appreciate it. Rally behind it, whatever. And we're going to figure it out. It's trust me. We're going to try to make it worth it for you. Um, But you got to, you got to give them something like here in exchange for your, basically your sacrifice. Here's a a guy on the, on the taxpayer mid-level here. We're going to pay a little bit of tax. Big deal. All right. So, Three out of four years. The when does the new TV deal kick in? That's gonna be twenty five. Right around the end of that window, yeah. Yeah. So that you pay the tax in twenty one, twenty two. Let's say you pay it twenty three, twenty two, twenty three. You pay it in twenty three, twenty four. That's three out of four years. Now, do you then pay the tax in twenty four, twenty five? Is that how it works? So pay that one. would be the that would be the year the repeater kicks in because now you're to that to that fifth year. Okay, so then and then the TV money kicks in and twenty five twenty six and now at that point Jason Tatum opts out. He, yeah, he takes the whatever whatever the <laughs> bargaining agreement says is going to be the max. Like yeah, five percent of whatever that max is going to be. The, as an aside, let me just – if people aren't really aware, that new TV deal in 25-26, they're talking about numbers that are like $75 billion, which is triple what these numbers are based on. So I don't know if we're just tripling the salary cap to 300-something million and you're getting 35% of 300-something million. Like how – are you? Re- is that how it's going to go? Well, it's split a. It would be get split in half, and then the the half of that. But yeah, it's still going to go up, up, up. It's, it's going to go the, like crazy, right? Yeah. So like, it's going to be like it was the last time this happened. There's going to be a pretty pretty good spike, and I think this time around, the union and the league may agree. Hey, maybe some smoothing isn't the worst idea. So we're not having a Timofey Mozgov get 16 million while you know uh, some guy the next year is squeezed out of money. So, That's but, but but we'll see. Yeah, it's but. Yeah, everybody's going to make a whole lot of money in a few years because it's just going to be the way it goes. Uh, I, I just, I just feel like the Celtics could give these guys this year some help. Yep, just one, just one more bit to help them out. Just one, somebody to show these guys that okay, we we're not building a team for the future right now. 
But we're also not laying down and saying, hey, wherever we finish, we finish. Good luck, guys, because these guys have legacies on the line. These guys are playing for fans have to understand that in the NBA, you're not just playing for a rah-rah team. It's all all or nothing, you know, all for one, one for all. They've got, you know, Hall of Fame is in mm-hmm. the back of Jason Tatum's head, which means you got to make all NBA, which means you got to win. And you got to win some MVPs in there or an MVP somewhere in there. You got to win a championship. Any year that you take that away, that possibility away is a problem. Jalen Brown, too, is thinking that. Like he's made these strides. He's he's thinking, hey, I made one all-star game. Why can't why can't I make five, six, seven, eight more? Yep. And get myself into a few all NBA teams and get myself into the Hall of Fame discussion. What the hell? Why not? Why why am I going to be left out of this? Marcus Smart is going to be sitting here this year thinking like, hey, if they're not going to extend me, I'm auditioning for another team right now. Somebody's going to want to trade for me here. Like, what, what's going on? So I, I, I would just rather have them get a little bit of help in there so so maybe they can they can focus a little bit. Yeah. Um, if I can, John, and I think we're, we're kind of preaching to the choir here to each other a little bit, but, yeah. but here is – I just – I go back to because people immediately said, so you think they should have paid Evan Fournier? No, I do not. No, uh, it's, it was the years on that. That was the problem. It was the years that became eh, three years at almost 20 million. Eh, I don't like it. It's it's just it will walk away for the Celtics. I, I On the Knicks side, I kind of don't hate it because they've built in all sorts of flexibility for themselves and they're, they're going to figure it out. But you said at the Stevens presser, at the, the Udoka presser, Pillars, Tatum and Brown, and franchise guys, and everything we can do to support our two wings. And you did that to some extent because I think, and I'm not mean this by no means, is Kemba Walker a bad guy? I think he's a great guy. I I said on Twitter today, I hope he hits a game winner in Madison Square Garden in front of a million people, and that place explodes and they go nuts. I think that'd be the coolest thing in the world for him. I wish him all the best in the world. But the reality was, as long as he was on the team. Brown, because it wasn't going to be Tatum. Brown was going to take a second, third role for a lot of the time mm-hmm. uh, if Kemba was here, because Kemba's just, you know, that at some level he needs the ball. So I get why you cleared him up beyond just the cap flexibility. For real, actual basketball reasons, they want to hand this team over to Tatum and Brown. That sounds great until you can't pass to cap flexibility <laughs> and have him get a jump shot. It's not going to happen, right? Um, so what you need to be able to do is I don't like the idea of punting on a year. And I know people take that as a, a super negative and get very angry and say that's not what's happening here. It's a development year for the kids and all these other things. Well, yeah, great. OKC is about to go through about two or three development years. Orlando's on a multi-time development year. That's not where you want to be. And, of course, you're not going to be there because you have Tatum and Brown. But – yeah, go get them a little bit of help. One-year deal. A bunch of guys are flying off the board on one-year deals or one-year deals with a player option on the next year. And, and you know, or you know, if you re- at this point, we're down to so few spaces left and go. And, you know, in, in their Celtics are running into, they don't have a lot of roster spots either. So you throw, you know, a deal at, at you know, again, Kelly Oubre Jr. Is he great? No. Is he better than any forward coming off the Boston bench right now? Yes. You know, that's, you know, I, I would be fine with him. And I and I think back to last year at the trade deadline, when we talked to Danny H, why did you make the Evan Fournier trade? 
I wanted to give Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum a feeling of hope that we weren't right. just giving up on them and saying we're we're done with this year, where we're quitting on the year. How does it feel to say that on August fourth that we're not doing anything? And no, no disrespect meant to Ennis Cantor and Josh Richardson and whatever comes back in this mythical Tristan Thompson trade that's eventually <laughs> going to happen. Um, no disrespect meant to any of those guys, but how do you look at Brown and Tatum and say, hey, have hope. You'll go get them somebody that can help help them. And, and the, the, the last part that I'll say, you know, kind of relate, related to that too is if I'm Tatum and Brown, Tatum gets back from the Olympics, takes his week or two off, whatever it is, you know, put, put his feet up, chill for a little while with Deuce, hang out. When he comes back to the facility, him and Brown should be scheduling a meeting with Brad Stevens to say, all right, what's the plan? Map it out for us. Yeah. Full understanding things change. Stevens doesn't control other players, other teams. But what are you thinking? Where are we trying to go? Because now you're to the point where Jalen Brown has two years left under his contract. I know that sounds crazy, but he does. Jason Tatum starts this year. He's got three years left under his contract. We see it's about midway through that second contract. If guys don't like it, they start to chirp. And that's when it's, I don't have enough help. Do I want to be here? Am I going to resign? All those things. The Celtics now have no more control over either one of those guys as far as controlling matching deals and signing them and doing all these other things. It's now they, they own it. That's what happens once you're into that second contract. It's the player. No, I don't think Tatum and Brown are going to be asking for trades. I don't think they're those kind of guys. I, th- I think what you said is more likely they're going to put a big giant chip on their shoulders and say, let's go. It's our team now. We've wanted it for a while. Let's rock. Well, let's get get after this. And I think they're going to push, and that team's going to be better than people think. But I still want to have that conversation of what's happening next. What if what if they are the third seed in the end of January, and we're three weeks to two three weeks from the trade deadline? Is the answer going to be now we're good because I right. can't do anything else? But that's the questions I'm asking if I'm those guys because I, I'm sitting here thinking in my head like. When the trade deadline comes, regardless of the situation, if the Celtics really are serious here, maybe they do trade Al Horford again into someone to clear that cap space, which kind of like they brought Horford back. They made a big deal of Al Horford coming back. His sister is going crazy over it on, on Twitter. And the next, you know, he's going to Toronto. Like that's, that's the business, but geez, to, to trade Horford away from Boston twice. Marcus Smart. Like I'm, I'm looking at Marcus Smart as, well, if they're going to get rid of him, then they might as well get something for him. But do they want to get something for him? I think Golden yeah. State would be a great place to lay. If Golden State doesn't get a deal done for uh, for Ben Simmons, then do you call Golden State and say, hey, you know, you've drafted some young guys here. You got, you got, you're going to want Marcus Smart, right? You're going to need a guy who defends like Marcus Smart. Think about Marcus Smart on that Warriors team you know, filling in defensive gaps and playing defense with Draymond freaking green, like what <laughs> the pairing that's going to be. Um, I think if the Celtics are truly committed to this cap space thing, then they just commit to the cap space thing and say, do you, do you just let Marcus smart walk for nothing? Or do you try to say, well, we're going to get, get rid of him. Let's see if we can get something. But then also does getting something mess with your cap space. Yeah, uh, they can. That, you yep. know, that, that's another problem. Yep. And the last thing, 
I can say is that I, I would maybe <laughs> the best the best chance the Celtics have is they could look at Bradley Beal and say, hey, look, we're going to give you 35% of the old max. You still want to take 35 million instead of 40 million and, and, and give us a, you know, a hand with that five extra million because that means you get to keep Marcus Smart. Like maybe you go to, to, to Bradley Beal and say, yeah. you're still going to get this max money, this money that you thought you were going to get. So let's just give you that. That extra five million helps us keep one of these guys. And you can also play games with smart where you could do something like, Hey, we're going to renounce you. Then we're going to, we're only going to give you the room exception this summer, but next summer we're going to give you instead of the 12 million that your value may be, we'll give you 15 because we're going to make it up to you what you gave up this year. And that, you know, that's kind of what the heat did with Goran Dragic a couple years ago where he came out of a big contract, took a small contract for one year, and then let's face it, they overpaid him last year than the contract he's on right now because the idea was let's look at this in aggregate. Let's add all these years up. Oh, that number actually makes sense for Ron Dragic over the course of the life of a deal. So there's things you can do. You you can get creative sure. with, with that, and the, and it takes a lot of trust on the player. And, and my, yeah. my sense – yeah, my sense is I believe Brad Stevens when he says, you know, we love and trust Marcus. I – I also believe that there's frustration. I mean, we see it. It's funny because I said, you know, people are like, are they really frustrated with him and his play? And I said, yeah, if you watch the games when he pulls up from 30 feet with 20 seconds on the shot clock and nobody else has touched the ball and Tatum and Brown are shaking their heads and their shoulders slump, you know, there's frustration. You can see it right there live in the game. You know, and Stevens even sometimes is like, well, what just happened? Yeah. You know, but on the flip side, when there's a loose ball with 10 seconds left and you need to recover it and you know you're getting it because it's Marcus, a lot of that frustration goes away. Sure, so, yeah. yeah, I think there's frustration there. But, yeah, so, I mean, you can do two different things. One thing I do want to say about Tatum, too, a different Jason Tatum is coming back to Boston in a couple weeks mm-hmm. after this Olympics experience. He's coming back, and he said it, playing with the best players in the world can only make you better. He knows he's not coming back and playing with Kevin Durant and Draymond Green and Bam Adebayo and Damian Lillard and all those guys. But it can be a little hard for him to come back and say, wow, all right. So I drove and kicked to Romeo Langford. I drove and kicked to Grant Williams. You know, I ran pick and pop with, you know, Grant. What is this now? And, and yeah, it's, you know, that's being a little bit facetious. That's where he starts thinking. Hey, JB's really, really good. And, you know, I think we've put to rest. Can those two play together and be successful? At least we better have by now. But let's get somebody else. And that's where I think you're going to see Tatum be more vocal about putting pressure on the organization to become something different than it can't just be me and him. You know, because these guys are doing literally nothing but hanging out together and playing basketball. Oh, over in Tokyo. There's nothing else they can do. They can't go right. anywhere. So you don't think he's having some conversations with Kevin Durant about, hey, why'd you leave OKC when it was just you and Russ? You know, yeah. why'd you go to the Warriors? You know, what what could OKC have done different? You know, um, you, like Damian Lillard, why are you frustrated in Portland? You know, you've had good teams there. You know, well, what's going on? Those are the kind of things that are happening right now. And I don't think I'm not doing this to set it up as get ready for Jason Tatum to leave. I'm just setting it up for we're a year away or so from Jason Tatum answering the question of, yeah, Brad's got to do more to, to put a good team around us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I'll leave it at this. 
it's, it's an interesting point. It's a really interesting point about the conversations. We keep talking about the conversations that they're having leading to tampering and teaming up. We haven't talked at all, and maybe this will be a separate podcast, of the conversations in Tokyo leading to how does Tatum conduct himself as the star of the team? Because Kevin Durant took a certain path. Damian Lillard took a very different path. Does Damian Lillard regret not putting pressure on his team? Does Kevin Durant regret anything that he's done? Uh, or no. Does he, no. <laughs> yes. does, he, does he wish, does he, I mean, but does he have any regrets along yeah. the way? I'm sure there's something yeah. he might look back on and be like, you sure. know, I could have, I could have done something differently in OKC. There's, yeah. there are a lot of guys on that team that have been around that have taken different paths. Draymond Green has a, a very unique story to tell as well. And Tatum is having those conversations with those guys about how do you conduct yourself, yourselves as the leaders of your team. And you're 100% right. Tatum's going to come back and he's going to have all of that information and he's going to think about how he's been and now how he is. Kemba Walker is gone. Yep. That guy came in and he was their OG. Now, Al Horford is here, but he's he's a bench option now. That's yeah, he's a different Al Horford. You know, when Kemba Walker came in, Tatum hadn't made that ascension yet. He blossomed halfway through Kemba's first year. Now, this is it. Tatum's the guy, and Jalen Brown is right there by his side as one and 1A or 1 or 2 or whatever you want to put it. This is their team now, unquestioned. Kemba can't stake a claim. No one else can stake a claim. Coming off of Tokyo, and I'm sure he and Jalen are going to be having conversations mm-hmm. about it's almost like the the pride has a new lion leading it. And some prides have a couple of lions at the top. And when the new lions take over, a lot of things change within the pride. And they take on the characteristics of the leader. And that's what these guys are. So yeah. I- couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, very, very interesting to see. And, and one, one last thing I'll throw to is a guy from his draft class, Bam Adebayo, is his teammate in Tokyo whose team just loaded up to go for it and beat Tatum. I mean, Adebayo beat him directly at the rim uh, to, to keep, you know, that whole series might have gone different if Tatum makes that dunk. Uh, over out of bio yeah and now tatum's gonna be looking at it and say man this because no matter what we hear about it for years how these guys compare themselves to the other guys in their draft class mm-hmm. and is tatum looking at it with bam and saying man like this guy beat me once already to get to the finals his team's loaded up you know how do i get there you know well, well, what do i need to do 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 i need to go tell tell brad this and the only other thing i'll say about uh tatum and brown just because I, this is how I've adopted this, is people keep saying, you know, who's Batman, who's Robin in this grouping? And I say, no, 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 there's no Batman and Robin. There's a Superman and a Batman. Mm-hmm. There's a, you know, there's an Iron Man and a Captain America. This yeah. is not a, you know, a superhero and his partner. This is uh, two superheroes here in Tatum and Brown. They're, they, they are this franchise now. You know, and it is, they've done everything that they can to make it their team. Now just give them the support, please without being cheap about it. There you go. It's the best way to put it. Keith, thank you very much. Uh, again, you can get Keith on, uh, get his work on spot track. You can get it on Celtics blog 
and you can get him on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA to find out all of the other places that he's doing the Spotify green rooms, which he does many times a week, all of that other stuff. Keith, always appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening, watching on YouTube, however you've been doing it. Very much appreciate you subscribing. If you're new, if you're one of Keith's followers and you're new to the show, thank you. Hopefully you subscribe to the show. Hopefully you enjoy the show on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, all of that stuff. And share the podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.